Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Two friends, two mics, two opinions. This is John and Al's No One's Listening. They ask that you please ignore and disregard their reviews on movies, games, and other hot topics. John and Al would like to welcome you to yet another edition of their podcast. And as always, they hope no one's listening. All right, guys, welcome back to yet another episode of John and Al's No One's Listening. I am John. And I'm Al. And as always, we hope nobody's listening. You haven't been for weeks, but I hope you do now. All right, welcome back, guys. I hope you guys are having a great time enjoying us again. Uh, Before we start any of this podcasting and, and fun stuff, I have been watching The Office. Have you Have you watched The Office? No, I have not. Okay, so it is an awesome show. It is hilarious, absolutely inappropriate, and borderline cringeworthy at times because the manager, Michael Scott, is very inappropriate. He is unethical at times, moral, but it's it's all in comedy. But it makes me cringe because if I do any of that at my job, it's just like, no, that, that doesn't work. It's weird. So, pretty funny. I'm having a blast watching it. I just started it this past week, and I'm already on season three. And I'm having a good time. What's been up with you? I, uh, speaking of The Office, I do have a fucking story about The Office. About, about the, the show? Thing. Yeah, about the show. The one, I watched it, like, here and there. So, I saw probably, like, ten episodes of the whole time it was on. It was running forever. But the one episode I do remember is Steve Carell's character, at one point in the show, has... He does, he does a marathon. Oh, don't tell me so, then. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it doesn't matter. It's, it's not like a, a black killer. It's okay. A okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's you're, character. you're echoing a little bit. Okay, hold on. Doom, doom. All right, well, well he's... A um, little yeah. bit. Mm, not as much, no. Uh, okay. Maybe I had to turn on my game. Yeah, you're now. definitely not better. No, but go ahead. You're not. You're not. You're not echoing. You sound a little muffled. You sound like, um, uh, like, like as if you were in a hole. Did this get better or worse? Better or worse? What are you a fucking eye doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Did this get better or worse? Uh, better or I guess a little better. I guess uh, might just be placebo. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not even doing anything. Uh, all right, go. So, okay, so office. Steve Carell's character in the office um, does signs up for a marathon. So, like, whenever you do a marathon or you do a long run, the night before, like, a lot of runners will say they'll eat, like, a whole bowl of whole wheat pasta. You know what I'm saying? They'll carve up for the run the next day. It helps with energy. Well, this cat decides to carve up, but he eats fettuccine alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up, like, throwing up the whole thing. <laughs> And every next day, he's like, he goes to his coworkers and be like, "Yo, I'm bulking up in this fettuccine alfredo." And they're like, "You're not supposed to eat that." And I just that was like one of the funniest episodes of any show I ever saw. That's something that was hilarious. You gotta watch it, dude. You gotta start it from the beginning. It's freaking awesome. I love it. And I'm not, I'm not the type that likes to watch anything new in terms of shows or or a series because it's dedication. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna watch one episode or three episodes or a season, you have to watch the rest of it. And unfortunately, my time is not. I don't have a lot of it, and and the times that I do, I end up doing something else, hanging out with 
with the girlfriend or going to work or podcasting or whatever it is. So for me to actually invest in a show shows a lot about the show that 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 I'm really enjoying it. So so yeah, so we're back. It's been a while, which is uh, which is okay. It's okay. It's been a, a fun few months for us. A lot has happened. I got a new dog. Al got a new job. And we're still going to be podcasting together, which is going to be fun and add a different level of, I guess, conversation that we can potentially have. Uh, you're, you're talking from the experience of your new job and me talking from the experience of mine. And I'm excited to just have organic conversation with you here. Maybe it's about movies. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just about how your day was. And I just think we should uh, record everything. So. Right, I can actually ask you how your day at work was, and and actually not and not know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'll it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be interesting because we'll have uh, two different two different perspectives. As I finished up my, uh, I'm gonna say my true last day was yesterday, actually being scheduled. Um, so it's uh it's exciting, man. It's definitely different, and I look forward to uh, what comes next. Hell yeah! Well, enough about work. Because we spend most of our days there. Let's talk about stuff that we enjoy. And talk about the movie that we're going to be reviewing today. Which is Avengers Infinity War. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit of Deadpool 2 at, towards the end of it. We've seen both movies. You want to start with Deadpool? Or you want to you wanna do uh, uh, Avengers? Yeah, well, gonna, I, I, me personally, I'd rather start with Avengers. We're going to spend the bulk of our time on that. Um... And I don't think Deadpool's going to be a very long review to begin with, so we could. It's not like we have to rush through that, but we're going to spend the last five ten minutes on that at the end. Um, but let's, let's start with the meaty part. Let's start with uh, Avengers because I think that's where we're going to go the most in depth. Cool. So let's start. I I know the characters. I know individually, or at least some of them that I've grown up watching. So I know the Tony Stark story, Iron Man. I know the Spider Man story. Because I think Marvel did a fantastic job bringing that superhero to life after Iron Man. Um, I don't care for Thor much, even though he did a great job in this movie. Um, and I don't know much of the other superheroes. No Hulk. I know all the obvious ones. So, going into it, I had a preconceived notion that Robert Downey Jr., Tom Holland, uh, that those people were going to do a fantastic job. And then these other characters came on and just did an amazing job just like everybody else did. So I really enjoyed the movie as a whole. Um, what do you think the movie about the movie as a whole? Um, flat out, it was my favorite superhero movie to date. Um, if you don't count... Okay, whenever I say superhero movie, I don't count the first... I don't count the Christian Bell Batmans. Okay, like, they're just by themselves. So when I say like superhero movie, I'm talking like the Marvel Universe, the Wonder Woman of the world. You, you can cross DC if you want to. But like I talk like the, the true superhero movies. It was, for me, leaps and bounds above anything else I ever saw. Um, and parts, partially that credit goes to Thanos because he like owned that movie. Like from, from start to finish, I'll say it flat out. We can talk about everything else after. I literally was rooting for him in that movie. So uh, he's such an awesome character. And, you know, I want to touch on that. And I really want to break Thanos down in this review because I think it's important. Yeah, let's do that. Let me start off by saying I, I'll start it off for you, if you will. Uh, never knew who the hell Thanos was. 
I I started to to briefly understand who he was or, or what he kind of represented after the first Guardians of the Galaxy, where he was like on the after credits, and then I heard. I saw it on opening night, and then all the nerds were like, "Oh my goodness!" I'm like, "What the hell is everybody freaking about? Freaking out about? It's a, it's a, it's a freaking purple dude in space. Who cares?" And I don't know that I did any research after that so much, so I still didn't quite understand who he was. And then in talking to people at work and 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 people who are who play this close to the heart, I know that he's the baddest person in the world and and the most difficult villain of all time, which is why it's taking all the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, cast members, all the Marvel Universe people to defeat him. So Josh Brolin was amazing, right? Josh Brolin, I think, is good in everything that he does. And in the beginning, I had some concern because Josh Brolin could play many different characters, right? We see him in, in old 60s movies, we see him in, in Sicario, which he did a badass job in. So I know him so much, and I was a little concerned to see him as Thanos and not take him as serious. But was that not the case? Because as a professional that he is, he did a fantastic job. And I really enjoyed that character. I think he really made that movie, which is saying a lot when you have people like Robert Downey Jr. on set with you. No, I... Uh... I could, I could see where you're coming from there. I mean, he he did a great job, and I think you have to tie in the fact that he was simultaneously in Deadpool 2, and Thanos was crossed, so he had to be very good at each one to separate his character. Yep. Because you see a character, but you also see the person who is the character. So sometimes when a person is in a role very close together, let alone in the movies at the same time, it's hard to see him as Thanos and then as Cable. Yeah. So it just goes to show like how good of a job he did. And I liked him as Cable. I loved him as Thanos. Um, yeah, Thanos is a much deeper character, at least for me, than, than Cable is. So you can't like knock him for like, you know, the job he did with Cable. I think he did a great job, but Thanos, he like, he owned that character. Like he was, he was deep and there's many layers of that character and he's not your typical villain you know he's not your typical guy who's just hates the world and that's what i want to get into because that's what like a lot of debates about and that's what i think gives some of the layers that he has is his viewpoint and for me at least he's not just you know black and white bad or good he's not you know really bad or really good he's he's different Go ahead. So start touching on it. Um, I why the hell is my Alexa activating? Uh, oh goodness, Alexa, stop listening, you dummy. So my, my, I'm, I know, terrible. Freaking Alexa wants to get. She wants to be our special guest. I get. Oh shit, she just activated again. Stop listening. Um, so, so what was I gonna say? Yeah, and it's even hard for him to like that. Can't be easy as a professor, as much of a professional as he is. It can't be easy for one day to be cable and then the next day to completely change it around and have a different personality a, a different acting style have to add on the cgi and be completely different on his face as opposed to his arm so yeah he did an, an astounding job with that but you wanted to touch base on the different the his his views on the world or the universe or whatever yeah we want to touch on thanos avengers has a lot of aspects that we want to cover to do a proper review for it um, I think it's a little different than 
you know, just reviewing any superhero movie because you had some different storylines, you had some different layers to it. And it's not a soul, it's not a movie that could lay on its own as much as, you know, they wanted to try to make you believe that Avengers Infinity War could be a standalone movie. It cannot. And if it was, then there'd be some huge gaps and holes to fill. So there's different layers that you have to cover. Um, but I think starting off, I want to get into the Thanos because the movie starts with him. So let's start breaking him down. So what's Thanos' view about the world? Well, he views that people are consuming the world, whatever world, this one being Earth, whatever world they're on, Gamora, her world, Thanos' world that he was on when he grew up. Um, they consume it till basically there's nothing left and then they die. So what was his plan and what was his idea of how to stop that? Well, it was actually quite fair. <laughs> he decided to eliminate half the population. If you eliminate half the population, you could basically save the world, save its resources, and everyone could live and prosper. Well, how do you eliminate half the population? A lottery. His idea was to have a lottery. Basically draw ones and twos, rich or poor. If you draw the wrong, if you draw the wrong number, you're screwed, right? It worked. It literally worked for Gamora. We all know who Gamora is. He is his adopted daughter, which he saved her planet. It worked. It didn't work on Thanos's world because they didn't believe him. They thought he was crazy. And he must be a little crazy, right? He's a little psychotic. Yeah, we all get that. But it would have worked. And Thanos's world would have still been alive. So that's what his whole plan for Earth is. And we're not going to get to the end of the movie right yet. But you know at certain times during that movie that it's not an easy decision for him to make. It's it's literally not cut and dry where he knows what's going to happen and he's like completely cool with it and walks away like, hey, this is awesome. He's layered. He has emotion to him. He's not heartless. And he just doesn't want to kill for the sake of killing. He wants to kill with purpose. Does that justify the means? I don't know. But it definitely makes you second guess whether he's evil or not evil because everyone like in the Avengers and the superheroes want to save the world. Thanos sees what's going to happen 100, 200 years from now and is trying to prevent it. So do you save everyone and then the world end? Or do you eliminate half of them and preserve your species? It's kind of a good question. Yeah, I like villains that have different layers to them and not necessarily... It's, not e it's easy to make a villain to like. You just make them go against the grain, go against the corporation, go against the people that you generally hate at in life and great you like them you want them to succeed but it's difficult when you don't it's difficult to like a villain that you don't agree with and still like him so i think they did a fantastic job with that as well and i'm not surprised but when i saw the movie towards like the entire movie at the end my jaw was dropped and i was like wow what a production you know it was just the acting was incredible the money that they spent on it the costumes are great the cgi was amazing how they can get, let's say, 20 stars, 20 superstars, and make them all relevant in a movie, it's it's impossible. It's literally impossible, and I don't know if anybody else daunted with that task would be able to do it. Well, you had a lot of people on screen. You had a lot of side stories on screen. And not at all, at one second during the movie, did it seem like it was convoluted. Well, correct. And that was that was a testament. And to touch on your, your villain comment, I would have to agree. It's really easy to make a villain where you look at that villain and say, you know, that's the bad guy. I hate him. I want him to die. 
it's much harder to look at a villain and say, you know what? I don't entirely disagree with him. Is he really the villain? Well, obviously he was a villain in this movie because he's fighting the Avengers and the Avengers are good. But at the same time, you have to question whether or not his motives were truly evil. He just wanted to sustain the species on Earth. So I kind of agree with him. I mean, if he did what he did on his realm, they would still be alive. He did exactly what he wanted to do with Gamora's world again, and they lived, and they're still prospering. So that, that's Thanos in a nutshell. He's just not your normal villain, kill you, I'm bad, this is it, one, two, three, done. He's definitely more layered. He definitely has more emotion than you would think. And he has purpose. A villain with purpose is different from a villain who just goes around and kills it for the sake of being a villain. And, and that's, that's, what I, that's, that's what intrigued me. Yeah, I agree with that. Josh Brolin did an awesome job in that role. I think he brought out everything that they, that the Marvel company has drawn up. They did a great job putting that in a movie. You know, like it's not easy to have a drawing. It was literally a drawing with a with a words on the bubble and to manifest that on screen. And they did a great job with that. Let's talk about the the incorporation of the sequence of the incorporation of every character and how it just made so much sense and how it was so it was just it was the fluidity of everybody just coming on set just it mind boggled me i was it, i never questioned myself saying when is this person coming on when is this person coming on because i just enjoyed it and was waiting for each and every person to come on set and they brought it together and it was just it was masterful man this movie was fantastic right well i mean you had the thor movies you had Doctor Strange movie, you had the Spider-Man movie, you had Black Panther, you had Iron Man, you had the Avengers. So you have you got the Hulk. Between six, the Hulk, mm -hmm. uh, standalone movies though. Sure. Marco Polo was not in a standalone movie by himself. There was a Hulk standalone, but not that tied into the storyline. Correct. Not the Marvel um, Universe one, right? Correct. So you had and Guardians of the Galaxy. Or, right, Guardians of the Galaxy. She so had six, seven, eight different movie lines over the last five years that culminated in the Infinity War. They knew it was happening, right? So you had all these different arches, arches of uh, arcs of storyline, all these different paths come into one, and they made sense of the story, right? Crazy. So it's just insane. Like, it's just insane. Like Thor ran into the Guardians of the Galaxy ship in outer space. Like, I mean, how, how coincidental is that, right? So everything kind of tied in together um and to make it make sense and not be like well that's just stupid like that's a testament and not once during this movie was i like well that doesn't make sense it's stupid it was yeah like, oh, wow no well, that's damn cool nothing was forced no nothing was forced it, it all felt like it was supposed to be there it all felt you know and i didn't even mentioned captain america in his movies like it all felt like it it, it tied in and was literally one realm one world and all their paths were set to be destined to meet in this one spot. And that's basically what the movie offered. And kudos to the writers. And, you know, Disney's done an amazing job with, listen, you have favorites, right? You may like Iron Man better than Captain America. You, better, you may like Captain America better than the Guardians of the Galaxy. But the one thing you can't say is that Disney made a single bad Marvel movie. Because they haven't. All they've done is made some better than others. But not one's been bad. So that's 
you know, DC should literally take a look and see what they're doing. And if they can copy half of what Disney's done with Marvel, then they'll be successful too. Yeah, and I think they've attempted to do that. I think bringing in Wonder Woman, bringing in the the new uh, excuse me, the new Superman and the Batman, they they've tried to to take that blueprint and replicate it, but they've also tried to do it in a quarter of the time that it's taken Marvel to do it. Marvel's been doing it for the past 10, 15 years, maybe even longer, and DC is trying to cram all that all that time within three or four years and make a Batman versus Superman or a Justice League movie, which is terrible. And that's the difference between the two companies. But they just yeah. need they, they need intelligent people to write out a, a five to ten year plan and then maybe they can make a fantastic movie like they did Marvel. And I honestly think the DC universe deserves it because they have so many great superheroes. But they just need somebody intelligent enough to do that. Like they, you can't rush that process. But I also think DC is is shifting a lot of their uh, a lot of their ways into series and stuff on Netflix and those type of things to to be fit into movies in the future. Right, and I, I like what you said about the you know, the aspect of DC. Maybe and we're getting a little off topic here, but it all ties into the Avengers because we're complimenting them. The rush factor of it, because there's definitely some sort of production value that is in the Marvel movies that is clearly lacking whether it be CGI or just overall presentation of DC movies that Marvel captures that when you see a Marvel movie and then see a DC movie, what they made so far, Batman versus Superman being the example, it's next level. Marvel's mm-hmm. capturing something there that DC clearly obviously has the money and production value to do, but maybe the finished product is trying to come out too soon. And I think we see the backside of that, the downside of that, Marvel's took taken the time. They've come out with it. And Disney spares no expense. The money they put out to make these movies is astronomical. And obviously they get it back, but still they're fronting some huge money. I mean, they're breaking records for the money they're putting out to make these movies. So they're they're sparing nothing. And that shows in the final product. Hell yeah, I agree. So let's get real quick. Let's, let's start about this too. So let's talk about um, your favorite character. Um, I talked about mine, Thanos being the favorite character. I can name another one if you want me to name Thanos. But um, what is your favorite character in the movie? Other than Thanos, I have a favorite character. Um, what was yours, though? And who, do you, who, who intrigued you the most and why? I would have to say Thanos as well. And I would have to agree with each and every one of your points, unfortunately. Uh, as boring as the answer as that is, it's just it is what it is. He captured the screen the most. And as I complimented Josh Brolin, uh Josh Brolin, right? Not John Brolin. Josh Brolin before. No, Josh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, as I complimented him before, how he can do that while still being on set with the likes of Tom Holland and, and Robert Downey Jr. is impeccable. So he was definitely my, my favorite character. And let's say taking him out of the picture, if, if, I didn't, if I couldn't pick him, because I think it was very obvious that that was a lot of people's favorite characters, I, I can't pinpoint one for you. I can't put a finger on one character and say this is my favorite one. Because I feel like they they all shared very similar screen time in terms of actual time. And they did that on purpose to have them all work together as a group and not have them individually stand out over anyone else. So it's very difficult to pick a favorite one. But I did like that of the movie. That it was never uh, Robert Downey Jr. outshining Tom Holland. It was never Tom Holland outshining uh, Thor. It was always 
oh, this person, then that person, then this person, that. But it was always very consistent. And like I spoke before, the fluidity of that was just marvelous. So I don't know that I have a favorite one other than Thanos. Uh, yeah, I totally respect that opinion. Um, I have to say, other than Thanos, though, my favorite character is Doctor Strange. I've been a huge Doctor Strange fan ever since literally I watched the Spider-Man cartoon since I was younger. And he's always been a very mysterious, um, one of the most powerful superheroes ever. Like, people don't understand what Doctor Strange possesses. He is literally one of the only people who can go head to head with Thanos, um, with the Infinity Gauntlet, and stand toe to toe. Um, and you know that brings me to my next point. He knows something that we don't. You know, um, in that movie, he went through fourteen what fourteen million or something billion crazy ways that it all could end, and he saw one way that they could possibly win, only one. So you got to think that he knows something that no one else does. Um, and he's just crazy good. The Doctor Strange movie was awesome. I can't wait for the second one. Um, this, the story of Doctor Strange and how in-depth it was and what actually happened to his character is, is awesome. And he is a multi-layered character just like Thanos. And he's deep and he's... Uh, He's exciting, so I'm definitely interested to see what's going on with him, too. Yeah, I saw the first one, and I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was amazing, but the only reason that I didn't think it was amazing is because I was never introduced to that character prior to that. So I never had a, a, a recollection of, of or a knowledge of what he did or what he was about. So to me, his first movie was more of an origin story, which it was, but it was more of a, hmm, let me continue to, to find out who he is. And I was kind of trapped in that mindset more than let me enjoy the character. I loved the first movie. I wasn't crazy about it. I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. I liked the first movie. I wasn't crazy about it. And I'm, I am also excited about the second one. Yeah, well, that's also that's a good point, too, as well. I'm going to touch on that. You see Wonder Woman, and it's like, ah, I know who Wonder Woman is. Right, she has right. an origin story, so you're more involved in that. Doctor Strange is great. I love the movie coming from someone who actually knew deeply about the character. I was able to appreciate the movie more as to where... Doctor Strange origin story for you is different than Wonder Woman because you knew about Wonder Woman. Doctor Strange, you were like, who the hell is Doctor Strange? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, 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 so that definitely is, is a good point because you may have not been able to appreciate it as much as you could have if you knew the backstory before the origin story. Right. All that being said, though, I did enjoy the movie. And yeah, no, without a doubt. It was a good movie. It was a good movie by itself. And seeing him in The Avengers... I was like, oh, my man. Like, he was he was gangster in the movie. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because of the Avengers, now it's making me want to see his next movie. So I think he, he played a, a, a very important role in the movie, obviously. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. What else? What else are we going to talk about the movie? Um, well, let's, let's touch on this. Let's touch about the, the CGI because that's a huge part of the movie. Um it's a big part. It's almost like a own character <laughs> because a lot of the movie is CGI. Um, what did you think about the technical aspect of the movie, the audio, the visual, the, the whole sense you got it? You know, I saw it on the IMAX screen theater and I thought it was breathtaking. And I was like, I can't wait to get this movie on Blu-ray and watch it in my own theater at home. So what did you think though? Well, I, I'm not going to say every, 
but I would say 95% of the Marvel movies that have released that are superhero movies have been impeccable, have been awesome. And I had a gripe with the most previous Thor with Ragnarok where I noticed a lot of imperfections in the CGI and it took away from the movie and it made me enjoy it a little bit less because of it. I saw none of that in this movie. I mean, this movie was just the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. That's for sure. Um, And it was the best Marvel movie that I've ever seen because of the groundwork that they laid out. If not, it would be nothing. But it it was was the best. The CGI was amazing. I I love the Doctor Strange stuff. It's easy to perform CGI when it's a night scene or when it's dark because you get to hide a lot of the... A lot of the motion rate, a lot of the motion, and a lot of the the imperfections and stuff like that. But when you do it in the day, it's not as easy. And do- a lot of the Doctor Strange stuff was done during the day, and I love seeing that stuff too. But the CGI was I- impeccable, the best I've ever seen in any movie ever. Right, and I'll agree with that. And about the Thor Ragnarok, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. Um, for me, I I felt like the battle scene between Thor and Hulk had some scenes where I was like, eh, you can kind of see the, like the, the artificialness to it. And it does break the immersion kind of, and I was a little surprised by it. Um, you almost want to give it a pass because you know, probably how hard that scene was. Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same sense, like uh, some crazy shit's been done. So they should have been able to do it. I don't know maybe why, maybe they, maybe there was uh, an issue there with just the crowd and, you know, the 360 view and the Hulk going at it, and it was all CGI. So I get that. And the rest of the movie I thought was really well done. But during that fight scene, especially a couple of times when the Hulk was coming down and smashing on Thor and grabbed him, sometimes when you have that CGI against a real character, you can see the artificialness. It, it contrasts because you have something's real and something that's not. So your eyes kind of catch it. And especially with someone like me or maybe you yourself as well, when we're really into these movies and we're looking at it, you might catch it and someone else might not. Mm-hmm. detail. It's easy to find imperfection if you know exactly what to look for. Almost like if I took a picture and showed my, my neighbor, he might think it's an awesome picture. But if I showed you, you could be like, ah, the lighting's off in the background because you know what you're looking at. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. You know what to notice, you know the lighting, how it should be. And if something's not right, you'd be able to pick it out where your ordinary person would not be. So you got to kind of put that into play. Your average person probably didn't see it like we did. Um, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I kind of give it a pass. But like I said, you can definitely see some imperfections there. I saw zero in Infinity War, though. Nothing. Absolutely zero. Um, so you can definitely tell. I don't know whether they put more time into the movie. Maybe they wanted Thor to come out before Infinity War and they had to, like, Remember, these guys are up against insane deadlines, right? I mean, they have an outline of what's coming, and they need to get this movie out before this movie regardless. So we don't know what they're up against, um, but that's their problem. That's not our problem. So they should lay out the timeline to give themselves enough time, right? Yep. Um, but for the most part, it was great. But Infinity War from top to, from top to bottom, start to finish was, I mean, that battle scene in Wakanda, like, not, that was all CGI, basically, and it looked 
it looked freakishly real. Yeah, they did a fantastic job with that. I loved it. So CGI was great. Storyline obviously was great. Character development was great. So are we going to talk ending? Are we going? What happened at the end? I mean, if you're listening to the review and you don't know what happened at the end, then turn off now. Or get your shit together. Or that. (laughs) And maybe you can deep dive a little bit more into what happened at the end or, or what it signified or what it meant. And then after that, we'll give we'll give the review because I feel that I I, I don't know I, I can't speak for everyone else I guess but I didn't know what the hell happened I almost cried because I thought oh shit they're not making any more superhero movies and right. I I was a little lost so then I called you and then you told me and and it kind of made a little more sense but I I'm still a little bit lost so I'm gonna let you take the reins on this I'm gonna let you explain right. what happened why it happened all that. Okay, so going into the movie, I kind of had an idea of something bad at the end was going to happen because you knew there was a second movie. You knew it wasn't the end. So whatever the end was, you knew it was, say, a pseudo end, right? You knew that he was going to capture all the Infinity Stones. You know he was going to get the gauntlet and use it and figure out what's going to happen. So at the end of the movie... He snaps his fingers. We're going to fast forward to the end of the movie. He snaps his fingers. So I'm going to give you what happened in the movie, and then I'm going to give you some post things that I read and theories about after that, which have obviously have not panned out because the second movie hasn't come out. Right. They're not concrete so, yet as to where the writers, directors, and producers want to take it. Correct. They can do whatever they want to do. Sure. So, But there's things we do know. So the things we do know is that he snaps his finger, and everyone starts disappearing. Almost all the superheroes disappeared most of them disappeared, like Spider-Man. I think Iron Man stayed. There was a couple other that, that didn't disappear, right? And by disappear, so, he means that they essentially disintegrated into dust. dust. Right. Yes, they disintegrated into dust. What happened to them? Well, we know what happened to them because at the end, he actually sees Gamora, and they're trapped in the Soul Stone. So all of the people who vanished into dust were actually trapped into the Soul Stone. That's where he put them. They're not dead. They're almost in like a uh, a middle realm. Because there's heaven, there's hell, and then somewhere in the middle, that's where they are. They're in the soul stone. Their souls are trapped, hence the soul stone, right? So they're not actually dead yet. The couple theories are is that there were numerous ways that people vanished. Some vanished up and then some vanished down. Like, if you know Spider-Man vanished up, um, other superheroes vanished down. So some of the theories are that the people who vanished down die. The people who vanished up survive, and they're trapped. We don't know if that's true or not. That's just a theory out there that people have noticed, because why would they all vanish the same way? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go somewhere with that. One thing is certain, though, they all vanished in the Soul Stone. So Thanos basically succeeded he eliminated half the population but yet he didn't kill them they're just trapped we know something else we know that dr strange saw this coming because he handed over the stone to thanos and we know that dr strange himself has the power to take himself and anyone else out of the soul stone so the only reason he gave the other stone up to dr to uh, thanos was that he knew he can get it back he even apologized to Tony Stark in the movie 
and told him that this was the only way. Remember, out of all the ways that Doctor Strange saw it playing out, there was only one way that he saw them winning. So you kind of understand that he saw this coming, but knew the only way was giving him the stone. Possibly, the only way possibly to win was to basically lose now to get out and win later because he knows he can get out of the soul stone. He knows how to do it. So that's where we are now. Okay. What happens and who actually dies, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? Um, in something like this, though, it makes a lot of – the great thing about this is it makes a lot of the superheroes absolutely irrelevant because their powers are – they're worthless. Captain America, Black Widow, even Iron Man himself at this point, or they're, they're non-factors. They need to get out. So they're reliant on Doctor Strange, and this goes to show you how powerful he is to basically get him out. Because out of the Soul Stone, there's only a couple people who can go toe-to-toe with Doctor Strange, uh, with Thanos, and that's Thane, uh, Thor, because he's a god, literally a god, and Doctor Strange. Everyone thought Hulk was gonna be able to go toe-to-toe, and that's something we didn't touch on either, the Hulk, because he was a non-factor. He got his ass absolutely handed to him in the beginning of the movie. Within seconds, Thanos had fun with him, literally toyed with him, and then knocked him out. And then the whole movie, Bruce Banner and the Hulk were arguing back and forth, and there was an ongoing joke in the movie that the Hulk didn't want to come out because he was scared. Mm-hmm. So they eliminated him in that movie. So he's a non-factor. So it's very interesting to see, like, okay, who's going to step plate are there going to be new heroes um is there going to be anyone else that's going to come up uh hmm, let me think is there captain of marvel in the mix we don't know that was the ending scene that we didn't even get to uh with nick fury and you know you see on the phone that it was captain marvel that he was calling and we all know that captain marvel is one badass hot looking bitch okay she's like a superman almost so now she comes in the mix and is she going to team up with dr strange we don't know She's going to rescue all of them? We don't know. We do know they're going to get out, though. We just don't know who's going to survive. Damn, that's a mouthful. Um, and probably you guys are going to rewind this to hear that again because that was a very descriptive and, and awesome. I, I understood a lot more what you said now than when I called you after I left the movie theater, uh, probably because I was still trying to digest what I just saw. But, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's awesome. And I also looked up Captain Marvel after you told me, and she – Talk to me about her strength. Um, there, there. She's said to have the. She's the most powerful being in the world. Yes, am I mistaken on that? Am I making that up? Uh, she's, she's Captain Marvel. Is I'm trying to get her real name for you too, because I actually forget her real name. Uh, oh yeah, okay, that's it. It's a uh, uh, Carol Danvers. So she's. She can, basically, she can fly. She has, like, Superman-like strength. Uh, she's invulnerable to pain, basically. Um, she has energy that she can shoot. She has a, a ton of, like, strength at her disposal. So you're talking, like, the major, the, major, the major players are flight, energy, invulnerability, like, Hulk invulnerability, like, can't get hurt. She's impervious, but she can fly. Uh, she has energy beams she shoots from her hands. She's basically almost immortal, but she is, uh, she's, how should I put it? She's, 
I don't know how to put it. She's um, help me out here. I I don't know. If I knew I'd do, I would. I'd love to, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, she's basically almighty. Put it that way. She's one badass superhero. She's a step above anyone else we've met so far, other than Doctor Strange and Thor. Let's put it that way. Okay. So they they saved her. Sorry, I stumbled there, but they saved her for the end, obviously, and I think simply because if they put her in the mix before this, the Avengers would have won. Okay. If cool. That, I mean, that's what I could surmise, because if you throw Captain Marvel into the mix before anything else, and now her and Doctor Strange would have totally been able to surmise and beat Thanos. I think she basically evens out the playing field, even with Thanos. Remember, if Thanos doesn't have the, you know, the uh, if Thanos doesn't have the gauntlet, it's a completely different story, bro. He's still almighty powerful, but he's completely beatable. All the Soul Stone, all the Infinity Stones give him that much more power. You take that away from him, he's beatable. They beat him. The only reason they didn't beat him is because Chris Pratt's character came in and screwed everything up. Because they were about to take the gauntlet off of his hands. Spider-Man was there. He had the webbing. Everything was going great. They they had him in another world. They were showing him something that wasn't real. They They had him caught and trapped. And they screwed that shit up. Yeah. So without that, he's beatable. And if you put Captain Marvel in before now, they they're introducing her at a time to where the Avengers and the superheroes literally have no outs. So now she comes in to kind of even out the playing field. You put her in before, she's that powerful that it would have been they would have won. Cool. So this leads us to our review, and I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna keep it short, simply because I feel like we've. Just, yeah, I didn't mean to talk. I'm just, it's, it's just in depth, and you want to go into the layers of it. No, you're good. Please. That's the reason we're doing this. That's the reason we podcast, period. Um, so I'm not going to get too... It's, it's not going to be lengthy. It's going to be short because, again, we've... Or I've covered most of what I liked in the movie throughout this entire podcast. So the, the rating score is need it, want it, get it, forget it. Need it, get it, want it, forget it. Need it, get it, want it, forget it. Yep. Uh, need it. I, I am dying to, to watch this movie again, just so, one, I could enjoy it, and two, so I can continue to see things that maybe I missed in the, the first viewing of the movie, or now that I'm armed with all of this knowledge to go see it in a different light now, but I could probably see myself watching this movie 13 times over and not getting bored of it. It was long, it was lengthy, but not long and lengthy enough for the content, the material, and the star power that the movie had. Overall, the movie was just simply phenomenal to me, and I would not mind watching it 20 times over. Yeah, I, I would absolutely have to agree with you. And the funny thing is, is that I think I mentioned, mentioned this to you before. You can watch a movie more than once, and the first time you watch it, you think it's absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. And then you watch it again, and you realize, yo, you know what? The movie wasn't as amazing as I thought it was. A la what I told you before, Black Panther. As great as a movie as I thought Black Panther was... If I had to go back and re-rate it, it wouldn't be a needed for me anymore. Because um, the second time I watched it, I did not enjoy it nearly as much as the first time. I thought it was a great movie, but I didn't, a good movie, but I didn't think it was a great movie. Not a Black Panther review, so I'm not going to get into that. But it ties into the fact that I saw Avengers twice. The second time, I liked it more than the first time. And I would watch it a third time and probably like it more than the second time. Absolutely amazing movie from start to finish. Uh, the character development, the story not being convoluted, as many paths as they came in, the way they introduced Captain Marvel, 
was so sick. Um, Thanos' character was just like, I mean, besides Batman, like, he became like my favorite superhero overnight. Uh, and not even a superhero, super villain, pseudo villain, I guess you can call him. Uh, really top to bottom, well done. And yo, give it up to Disney. Give it up to Marvel for, I mean, goddamn, can they cast a character? Like, every character they cast, they nail it. Like, I have not seen a character they cast in a superhero role where I was like, nah, doesn't work. Like, they just see it, they see an actor or actress or actors and they cast them brilliantly. And that's, I mean, that's on camera. That, that, that reflects in everything that they're doing right now. Awesome move. I agree. All right, guys, tell us what you think in the description below. We'd love to hear your opinion, or if you see us in person, hit us up as well. We will be back next week with a review on something else. I don't know that we have anything planned per se, do we? Uh, I mean, uh, we might. Um, oh. Let's do Yeah, go ahead. Pacific Rim. I just bought it today. Uh, we, have, we have Pacific Rim, um, and we're also going to come up with a review of the new Strangers, Pray, Pray of Night or Pray at Night. Oh, yes. Um, Horror movie. We'll do that as well. Um, yo, I kind of forget. We haven't podcast in a while. Do a quick plug-in to where people can view us again uh, and see us and listen to our podcast. Absolutely. You guys can see us on iTunes. John and Al's No One's Listening. If you type in the search bar, John, J-O-N space and the and symbol, we should be the first uh, first ones up there. John and Al's No One's Listening over on iTunes. You can hear us over at Google Music as well, which we're also posting on. Uh, YouTube, are we still doing the YouTube stuff? Well, YouTube, uh, we haven't done in a while simply because we've only done the audio. And the feedback that I've been getting between Google and Apple, we kind of have everything covered. Yeah, um, so I agree. If someone's in the car, it's a lot easier for someone to stream Apple or Google. And the funny thing is about why that is, is because YouTube, you can no longer lock your phone and listen to audio. It shuts off the video. So with Apple Music, you can lock your phone. With Google Music, you can lock your phone. The audio can play in the background. So with, with, with YouTube, you have to have, even if no video is there, you just can't post an auto. It has to be something in the background. Yep. So there you go, guys. iTunes and Google. John and Al's No One's Listening. Please continue to like, subscribe, comment. Uh, do all that fun stuff. We do this for fun. It'd be nice if we get paid for it, but we do this for fun. We love to, to give you guys content. And I know you guys enjoy speaking to us in person or wanting to speak to us because we have, uh, I wouldn't say a professional because I don't think we're 100% there, but a more of a professional outlook on movies and cinema and how they're produced and written and, and such. So continue to, to show us love and we'll continue to post these podcasts for you guys. Word, thanks for listening. Peace.